And then he said, no, madam, it's my 11th digit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gotta get those... Digits. Um, It is odd to find out they have knuckles of their own, really. It was a surprise to me. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it just wasn't... I thought there was no bone in there. But I guess... uh, On the plus side, it makes Thumb Wars interesting. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it does. does, In a way. In a way. Well, yeah, for a given value of thumbs. Mm. Um, Hello, Christopher. Mm. Hi. Sorry, I'm just doing the incidental music from Gremlins, apparently. Uh, Yeah, apparently so. Listen, um, you're on one tonight. You better rein it in, or I'm going to come over there and slap you. We've, we've, for those who don't know how this show works, we're still on Skype because uh, pandemic. Um, but also, uh, we have a little chin white, little catch up before yeah, we haven't talked, yeah. not caught up in the week. We have a little catch up before. Yeah. We've just been chatting shit for 10 minutes, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Utter shite. Utter. Most, mostly rude. I mean, so's the podcast, but. True. What podcast really is that? Us. Mayhew. It's this podcast, the Big Damn Cast. The podcast from from Big Damn. Yeah, your favourite two fat northerners, um, breaking it down and running round town, but not bre- not, not running, not running round town. Only going where we, we need will to get go. All sweaty. Pandemic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only going where we need to go. And to work. Look, um, we, ju- we just went to London to march with a bunch of hundreds of thousands of other strangers and breathe on them and say, hey, everyone, we want our freedoms back listen, as we march through a town we don't live in. We just want to go to London to visit Cameron McIntosh <laughs> and say, oh, Cameron, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry that... That you had a rough year because you had to decide to make people redundant. I'm so that must have been so hard oh. for you to take away those people's jobs who don't have jobs anymore, and then have and then it, it must have been so hard for you because you were in such a low place that you felt the need that you mm. felt the need to clarify that musicians shouldn't expect to have the same job Jesus for months Christ. on end. You. Tone deaf twat. Have you seen the meme doing the round? I can't find the origin because so many people have made the joke now, but the meme doing the round of the new band has been revealed for Her Majesty's um, continuation of, of Phantom of the Opera, and people are just attaching pictures of one-man bands. <laughs> the best one I've seen is they've superimposed the Phantom mask over the guy's face. <laughs> nice. Oh, it's depressing, isn't it? Well, to be fair, they've been... Uh, well, not to be fair, but... Yeah, don't be fair. Cameron like, McIntosh hasn't been fair. Don't be fair. Yeah, but the, the Lloyd Webber has not been fair. Don't even, be fair. Even before the pandemic, they were cutting bands where they could anyway. It's mental. Cutting it? back instrumentations and and, and uh, using pre-recorded tracks to sort of mm. cover um, less live musicians and stuff like that. So it doesn't fucking surprise me. I mean, there's a reason he's fucking filthy rich. It's because he's filthy. Um, yeah, I was watching... Uh, there's a brilliant YouTuber called i think i'll double check but i think they're called sideways they, they cover music essentially they're 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 you know uh they write music and read music and breathe music as a form and they did these wonderful 
dissections. I'll just double check. Yeah, Sideways is the YouTuber. These okay. wonderful dissections of uh, the 2012 Lay Lay Miz movie and um, the 2019 Cats movie because obviously both were Tom Hooper directing yeah. and proving that Tom Hooper has no fucking clue what he's doing. Well, um, well he knows what he's doing. He just no, he doesn't. <laughs> doesn't know that what he's doing is the wrong thing for what he is doing, mm. if that makes you, any sense. But you know, that a film adaptation of the, the stage version of Les Mis has been on the cards like for 30-odd years. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Cameron McIntosh wouldn't allow it to happen. He, he had like the final say, basically. He would be the one who pulled the trigger and allowed a project to happen if he felt that it was a journey worth taking because it was a unique perspective. And apparently he met with Tom Hooper, who throughout both of these documentaries by Sideways becomes apparent, has no passion for or even, like, um, reasonable knowledge of music or musicals. Oh, no, no. Um, He met with Tom Hooper. if you've seen one of his film musicals, you know that that's the case. Yeah. He met with Tom Hooper in 2009-2010 and Tom Hooper said, I think we should do Les Mis, but we should do it as though it were real, as though it were r- realistic and, and sing it on the floor and let the actors lead the music and, and do it that way. He met with him and went, that's the unique take I've been looking for, showing that ultimately successful people are just idiots who fail upwards, boys and girls. Well, usually if they're blokes, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There might be a ruthless gene in there and probably... Very deep within, a spark of actual joy and love for the medium. But it just kind of gets drowned out in this green and purple and orange papery substance that just keeps gathering around it for years and years later. If it's green and purple, it's a Marvel villain. Speaking of Marvel villains, hi, welcome to Big Damn Cast. Hi. I am uh, Chris uh, the Eel Johnson. And... (laughs) I just thought I'd go obscure, fuck it. (laughs) I am Matthew the Unicorn Watson. Oh, good choice. Yeah, we're going 60 Silver Age obscure right. Marvel and I could have gone the Locust. I would. I, ooh, I would have gone for uh, my 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 runners up were the Living Laser. Yeah, love the Living um, Laser. Love a bit of the Living Laser. Uh, 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 the Spot. I do Spot's like a bit of the great. Spot. Um, and uh, Mister Hyde. Mister Hyde's good. Porcupine is a good Porcup- shout. Armadillo. Armadillo, the walrus, the what? I'd forgotten the walrus existed. I've been rereading um, Spider-Man for two years now, just casually going through everything mm. I have chronologically, with no breaks. So basically, the start of well, Marvel Knights um, separate, but like the start of the JMS run. So up to him joining Avengers mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, I recently read. Um, you know, finished Superior Spider-Man. I binged it in like two days because I just it, it it's one of my favorite things the the, the Spider-Man books have ever done, and I couldn't it help great, myself. Yeah. Uh, and then I spent a couple of weeks buying secondhand copies of Superior Spider-Man Team Up so I could have the full run of that, and then I could read through that. Oh, too. neat, neat. Um, I've ended up with like three library copies that have got like stickers on the spines and cellophane covers, and I'm so annoyed, but I paid three quid for them, so it doesn't matter. Um, and I'm now back into the like. All, you know, Marvel now, that brief period where Peter's back in charge and we get Spider-Verse and the Secret Wars upends fucking everything for months. Marvel now, Marvel later, Marvel, <laughs> Marvel soon. Marvel hence? <laughs> yeah, Marvel soon. Marvel sometime. 
<laughs> but um, the, one of the first villains that Peter fights when he comes back is the White Rabbit, and she's surrounded by a bunch of like animal-themed villains. And one of them yeah, is the okay. Walrus. I forgot okay. the Walrus was a villain. It's just a big dude with metal tusks like attached to his chin. Sure. Like why sure. not? What, why what? not? Why not? Indeed, that is that is the kind of creativity that we expect from Stanley in the sixties. <laughs> Hey, the nineties produced some of the most golden shite. I mean, oh well. Wolverine got the, like Cipher for Wolverine. Do you remember that uh, guy? He's always had a big saber tooth like grin because it was really popular to draw characters with toothy grins. And he, he basically yep. his powers were like he had like cables coming out of all of his body, and he hacked into electricity and which must have been. Di- are you sure he was called Cipher because Cipher was also the code name of Doug Ramsey from the New Mutants? Different characters. Well, he would have been, been dead. Might, oh, in, might have been, been cyber. dead during the nineties. Might have been cyber. Cyber sounds right. Mm. Cyber, because you God, you've got all those weird ones from around then. Cardiac. LCD? Judas Traveler. Judas Traveler. Willow the Wisp. He's eighties, I think. But Willow the Wisp. Willow the Wisp. Willow the. There Wisp. was there was lots of like very edgy, like villain characters in in the nineties, and mostly they turned out to be like future versions of one of the main characters and stuff. Nightshade. Even Fantastic Four got in on that. <laughs> yeah, God, they oh Christ with yeah. Dark Dark Raider, I think was yeah. like the evil future version of Reed Richards. Mm. <laughs> it's not good. It's which not other very comics? Good. Which other comics have done better since? Even Ultimate did better with that concept. The idea of evil Reed Richards, they made it work. Um, yeah, and then Jonathan Hitman left. <laughs> yeah, God. What are the what are the other? Oh god, this this I, I loves me an obscure Marvel villain. The eighties produced ones that seem to have stuck though, because it's the thirty year cycle. Like the yeah, writers, of course. the writers who love them have brought back characters like Carrion and Vermin, and uh, and ones like that who, who just sort of like they've they've slunk back around. They'll come back. The nineties nostalgia's on its way. Yeah, I I can't wait for more fucking symbiotes. Jesus well, we're getting Christ. we're getting a Miles Morales version of the Clone Saga. I will wait and see what that is all about you know, before I judge. It's happening. You know. um, speaking of Spider-Man, first little bit of news. Um, Sony and Marvel, Sony, Sony and Disney specifically, have made a deal for streaming services. In 2022, although rumour is some of them might show up in 2021, in the third or fourth quarter, but in 2022 through to 2026, Sony's Marvel catalogue will appear exclusively... On Disney Plus, Disney Plus, uh, Disney Plus, and they have confirmed that the Disney Plus Marvel catalog from Sony will be Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider: Spirit Brilliant. of Vengeance. Brilliant. Um, Spirit of Vengeance is legitimately great. Stupid. It's the, um, so stupid. It, it's got a great cast. It's got a really good cast. Like, it's like it's, a it's better like, cast than it has any right having, and it's, it's, like, it's like, absolute. It's like Kieran blast. Hines and Idris Elba and Anthony Stewart Head. It's mental. It's bonk. It's great. I mean, it's not. It's awful, but it's great fun. Oh, it is awful. Like, it looks like... I'm trying to remember who wrote it. It's on my shelf, but it's just out of view. It looks like the uh, there's two Ghost Rider miniseries from the 2000s that were illustrated um, by Clayton uh, Clayton Clayton Crane. Crane. Yeah, yeah. I think they might be written by Mark Wade. I don't know, but like... No, it was... um, Garth Ennis? Garth Ennis, yeah. Garth Ennis. Um, Garth Ennis was one of them anyway. Uh, Road, uh, Road to Damnation. Yeah, because that's the thing. There's there's two of them. One of them set present day, and one of them set uh, in the old west. And they 
the the ending of the first Ghost Rider sort of borrows some of the visuals. Spirit of Vengeance is basically just a all the visuals but none of the plot of Road to Damnation. Um, and and it's yeah, the, bonkers. Not good Marvel kids, but worth a watch if you've never seen them. Mostly just because Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Caging it up. Yeah, the first one's kind of dull, but the second one's properly bonkers. Yeah, the first the first one's got its moments. The second one is ah fuck it. He's got a flaming skull for a head. Let's just go for this. Um, they're also putting um, The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 on the service. Yay. The Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Spider-Man, Yay! Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3. Uh, the MCU, as it will be by that point, Spider-Man trilogy. Homecoming, Far From Home and No Way Home will all be on Disney+. Plus. Um, Into the Spider-Verse will be on there. Excellent. Venom will be on there. Uh, and they've confirmed <laughs> that, that going forward, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Morbius, and Into the Spider-Verse 2 will all exclusively debut on streaming on Disney+. Plus. I am so curious about Let There Be Carnage. I don't want it. I, like, think it's, I think it's more amazing that it finished filming like over a year ago and we've seen nothing. I mean... Like, fuck all. Nothing. I don't Not even think a teaser that's poster. that unusual. It just... Because they probably know they've got a turd on their hands in the wind. I'm morbidly curious. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I'm morbidly curious just on the basis of it's like circus directing it. It's like his what second or third movie as a director, and mm. I, I'm I'm just like, why did he say yes to this? Like either oh. he's got a really unique idea on how to handle it technologically, and was like, I think I could do something with this, or they pulled a dump truck of money up to his house I and just went, it was a we need payday. a legit name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, probably a pretty good payday. I bet they're kicking themselves that they killed off Riz Ahmed now yeah. as well. <laughs> Considering all of his recent endeavours. Um, I've still not gone right. to watching Sound of Metal yet. I should, I should watch that. But it's alright. We have Woody Harrelson playing... Oh, yeah. Originally, like... 30-ish year old scrawny psychopath Cletus Cassidy who's now like 54 year old Woody Harrelson in a carrot top wig oh god that wig is so bad that wig is so bad they let me out of here there will be carnage I would like to speak to whoever is writing these Sony Spider-Man movies because no no bad no one's bad get down no bad no one's really writing them they're just sort of constructing them from Bit, like bits of blocks they've got is they just go in they just take they just take a bunch of like toddlers letter blocks to Avi Arad and say just tell us what you want Avi and he goes all right and then he just stacks the blocks and he, he, cha- them over. he changes his beanie to a different Spider-Man beanie yeah and then he um <laughs> I wonder how much it annoys him that his protege has stolen that from him <laughs> with the whole baseball cap thing <laughs> The problem is, if if you've got a protege like that, is you have to be smarter than they are, or they will they will take your ideas and do them better. Oh look, that's exactly what happened. They took your ideas that didn't work and made them work. Yep. Shocking, shocking. Yep. Um, oh, the white this... permutter got in the way for too long. Yeah, but that guy can rot in hell. Um. This means there is only one outlier for the MCU on Disney Plus, which is the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, it's well, that's only... tied up with Universal, isn't it? 
Yeah, now they could do a deal with them. They could be like, hey, we want exclusive streaming rights to that movie. I'm pretty sure Universal will go, do you know what? Fuck it, sure. I don't Why think not? it is streaming anywhere at the moment. It pops up from time to time on Amazon Prime in the UK. It's not, not a common one, but I've seen it at least twice over the years. So yeah. it's, it, it's like like the Spider-Man MCU movies at the moment. It just sort of does the rounds and shows up on Netflix for a bit or then shows up on Amazon Prime for a bit. Oh, a lot but, of that um, stuff actually is on Now TV quite a bit. Yeah, ah, well, the difference there is the movie pass and that, because yeah. if those channels have got the rights to broadcast them, which is why the deal is from 2022 to 2026, but the belief is that a lot of them will arrive on Disney Plus before the end of 2021, um, mostly because it just depends on where their deals are with other broadcasting services. Yeah, because uh, there, there was a time over here, wasn't there, where like, I think it was when Disney Plus first properly activated over here last March a couple of the Avengers films weren't on it yet. It's because yeah. they, they were on Sky Movies. Yeah. So, and then once that deal ended, they came right over there. Although <laughs> some, some of them that are on Disney Plus are still on Now TV, so I guess it's not necessarily an exclusivity thing. Yeah, true. But then it, it could be a rental thing, though, I guess. It's, yeah, yeah, maybe. We shall after what I'm saying. Uh, we are going to talk more about Disney Plus very shortly because you probably yeah. noticed from like the thumbnail and shit that uh, we got a new Captain America officially and we want to talk about him. But uh, yeah, uh, what else do we want to cover before we get leapt into Sam Wilson's warm, protective arms? Well, um, we mentioned the Oscars before we started recording and that's a shit show, so let's not go there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't hate on Hopkins. It isn't his fault that they manipulated the programming to form a narrative that they then didn't deliver on. Why would you do that, though? Why would you... <sighs> because people in power are usually people who failed upwards. Someone must know who won before they scheduled yeah. it. So why, so why schedule they, Why it? would they reschedule the awards so that Best Actor was the last one instead yeah. of Best Picture? Yeah. So why reschedule Best Actor for being the last one when you're going to give it to someone who isn't even going to give an acceptance speech? Yeah. I mean, again, no hating on him. He was probably sat home in his pyjamas eating KFC going... Checking his phone. Oh, my agents text me. Paddler won the Oscar. That's nice. Another one for the shelf. Oh, I look. Got, I got I bookends. Have, I got a bit of popcorn chicken escaped into the bag. And then he'll just do a lip sync TikTok because that's what Anthony Hopkins does now. Um, does he do TikTok? He does all sorts of weird shit on the internet. Does Anthony I know he's I know he's fun with social media. It's like, it's like the Anthony Hopkins we fell in love with in Transformers The Last Night. Mm-hmm grew a sentience of his own and got social media and I, i'm kind of here for that like sure why not <laughs> like why the fuck patrick stewart gets stoned with his wife in tree houses yeah. Anthony hopkins does tiktok sure and jack sure. black makes really weird videos <gasps> of him running around in his underwear best thing i've seen on the internet this week <laughs> that's it's amazing because it was it's absolutely it's, amazing it's this weird culmination because you realize hang on the iron man one was from like a year ago the Spider-Man one was from like two years ago. <laughs> Has he been planning this? It was, it was great. I loved it. No, he's it's just got so a lot good. of time on his hands. And, and works with a brilliant like visual effects artist who just collabs with him to make these weird short Instagram so, videos. So funny. That behind the scenes shot at the end where you realise that like one of his kids is filming on a handheld and the special effects guy's filming on a drone. Yeah. He's like <laughs> he's not even he's not drone. even in his yard. He's just like filming above his yard with a drone. <laughs> it's like, what? That's how you do it in that's how you do it in a pandemic, folks. That's yeah, that's how, how you, you do it in the biz. 
I say do it in the base because Jack Black was he was one of those ones where the moment like LA went into its first kind of lockdown last April May, mm-hmm. um, he was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm not going out unless I have to go out for stuff. Like it's not happening. So a lot of this has been made remotely. Yeah, <laughs> like him at home working with the visual effect guy who came over occasionally for dis- like distance, and the rest of the time it was on drones and shit. It's like that is amazing. Jack Black and Will Smith basically went, how do I social media? I know. I'll hire someone who makes really cool visual effect stuff and they can social media with me. And now I have had revenue on my social media. I can I can rake in the thousands by posting a photo of me in my pants. Let's but all, enough let's about all be like Jack Black. But enough about the big damn only fans. Um, he's, he's not the Captain America that we all wanted. And he wasn't the only one we got. But he's the Hercules week. that we deserve. Well, I'm just well, saying. Oh, 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 on that mm-hmm. note, before we talk about Captain America and, and the Winter Soldier. Segway! Um, <laughs> Russell Crowe's Russell been, Crow's t- got Russell Crow's been running his fucking mouth, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Turns around on social media and goes, oh, I'm going to do my Russell Crowe voice now, you're ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ready for another day of filming on... Uh, on on uh, the, the, the new Thor movie, and um, I'm going to be... Uh, Zeus, I'll be Zeusing it up. Uh, Zeus. So Russell Crowe is Zeus in Thor: Love and Thunder, so they're doing Zeus, which and would I'm suggest so that they may, <laughs> might be doing Hercules. The Greek pantheon exists in the MCU, which I think is the natural way to expand the Thor narrative as well. Like use Thor as a jumping-off point to be like, oh, the Norse gods. Yeah, of course they're real. I I need. You knew the other guys were as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, if the Norse pantheon exists, it suggests that maybe the Greek one does too. I stand by my statement on Twitter this week. Hercules should be a Hulk in Ragnarok-style co-star of another film, yep. and, it, and it should be Jack Black. It should be Jack Black. It should be a sexy by fat man. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want him to bulk up, like... You know, train a bit, obviously, to kind of put up with the schedule and all that of the filming and the, and the and the stunts and set pieces. But don't Kamal Nanjani him. Do not do that. Like we we have got the svelte superstars, you know, Simu Liu and and Tom Holland. Like we have the svelte, like muscly guys in the MCU going forward. Give me the beardy, round-bellied guy who is a bisexual hero and a god who beats up bad guys because it's fun. That's what I'd like. Especially because it looks mouthy like with it as well. Thor's trimmed right the hell down from what we've seen of him for Love and Thunder, the pics that have come out. He's gone right back down again, and I'm like, oh, I was kind of hoping Thor would keep a bit of the gut. Like, just a little bit of gut would have been nice for Thor, Love and Thunder. Just a yeah. you know. But, sure, then make Hercules Jack Black. Or rather, vice Please. versa. Please. I'd be very happy with that. Hercules shouldn't have a film of his own. We've had enough jokey protagonists in the MCU. Like he should be a he should be a a supporting role in a big fun like epic swords and sorcery Marvel film. Um, because that'd be great. That'd be freaking great. I'd watch Um, it. Yeah. Hell, a Doctor Strange sequel. Like a bunch of Greek gods descend upon New York, and Doctor Strange is like. You're supposed to be dealing with this. Come on, like dragging it around by his ear or whatever. So he can have a straight man who's pissed off with it all and the one who's, you know, getting drunk and having fights with the bad guys using the back end of a beer bottle and a snooker cue and commenting on how these mortal weapons are hilarious. I love it. I love it. 
Sign me up for a trilogy. Um, if anyone's like, what's, what's Hercules in Marvel like? You know that scene in the first Thor where he says, this, bre- like, this beverage is delicious. Another smashes the coffee cup. That's Marvel's Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> but with a bit more sex. Yeah. That's what we need. <laughs> but he likes dick. Um, so... Because he's Greek, for fuck's sake. He's a, um, he's a Grecian god, yeah. or demigod. The Greeks invented sex. The Romans realised you could invite women. Uh, so, <laughs> we're going to do... As the tagline. <laughs> we're going to uh, talk about the final episode of Disney Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. A.K.A. A.K.A. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Spoilers from this point forward. If you yeah. haven't been spoiled on this episode, congratulations. You've stayed off social media for the last week. Um, and yet somehow found yourself here. Yeah, I mean, weird. For that, we're very thankful. Cheers. Yeah. Why not? But I appreciate your uh, I appreciate your uh, your devotion to this bizarre thing cult. we make. Um, this terrifying the- televangelism <laughs> in, in microcosm. Make is a strong word. It just slithers out on our filth. Um, <laughs> What's the speech from No Country for All? Uh, not No Country for All, but Gangs of New York. You're, uh, no, it's... Um, no, it's... Uh, it's uh, there will be blood. Oh, yes, because it's, it's Daniel Day-Lewis, Lewis, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you're it's like, afterbirth, Eli. <laughs> Slither out on your mother's filth. Should be kept in a jar on the mantle. That's, um, that's this show. <laughs> And then he beats him to death with a, a bowling pin. And um, he drinks his milkshake. He drinks it right down. <laughs> we have a new Captain America, ladies and gentlemen. We fucking do. And now we kind, name... we kind of we kind of knew we did two years ago. Yes. It's only now that he take up the mantle. Who it be, Mayhew? Who be this Titanic hero of 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 Grecian even proportions? It'd be Sam motherfucking Wilson. Yeah, fucking in his is. fantastic red, white, and blue comic accurate or comic inspired, certainly. Yeah, I mean, uh, damn close. Captain though. America, uh, <laughs> all new Captain America costume. Just being uh, the thing I really liked about this series is that it was six episodes of him coming to terms with what it means to be Captain America in 2021, and how he can sort of carry on that legacy and and uh, i think there there's certainly a speech to the the senators and such um that was broadcast on the, on the news in universe yeah. uh in that last episode was just very much a case of uh bringing up the call and sort of trying to drag everyone along in that we have to do better and be better which is such um i think such a universal sentiment at the moment uh, like there are so many people in positions of privilege and positions of power that just have to do better and mm. they need people to hold them to account for that and to hold them to those standards. And the way he he worked in the message of the flag smashers there, like he said, like, yeah. don't, don't call them terrorists. I mean, bit of a grey area there, Sam. Some of them definitely were terrorists. Well, yeah, but, but that's the thing. Ter- terrorism. The movement. Yeah, the movement was a whole... Like, Ky- uh, 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 Carly, terrorist. <laughs> yeah, well, you, that's the thing you can argue, that the only thing that yeah. separates a terrorist from a soldier is a paycheck. Yeah. Like... Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, a, a soldier is a soldier is someone capable of the same thing that you point in someone else's direction. Yeah, it, um, it's whereas in this case he he was making that thing of saying don't call the flag smashers terrorists because you have to think about why they tried to send this message in the first place. Yeah, why are they upset in the first place? It's your job to find a way to make their world better and safer. Because it's so often that people don't even ask that question. But yeah. all, and also the worst thing is that some people do ask that question and just don't care about the answer. Yeah. Um, but I think it was really... It was nice to see the show actually take a stance. Yeah. Um, and it took a while to get there, but I think that's kind of the point. Because Sam has to get there. Yeah. It had, um, to, be, it had to be an organic journey for him. Um, and I think... The seeds are obviously planted in terms of, in terms of the the mantle of, of Captain America and what that means to him personally, mm. what it means to Bucky, who essentially is the only is the sort of the last surviving relic really of of this entire idea. He's like the last organic, living, breathing um, element of of this you know the 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 seed that became captain america that that sprouted into the legend and the role and and what it means um he had to learn what it meant to isaiah bradley yeah uh, who now has his legacy honored properly yes vincent the doctor vibes which was nice yeah um i loved his reaction because ultimately at the end like they could have played it two ways there they could have taken him to the exhibit and isaiah's just sort of like i i never wanted this but I like the yeah. fact that it, it obviously wakes something in him because essentially it's I think it had to be Sam delivering it to him. It had to be Sam taking him to the exhibit. Because if it was like a government person like inviting him to the unveiling or something, that would have felt cold in a way. Yeah. Like the sentiment would be there, but it would be the whole I'm sorry, but this system can't suddenly pretend we've always been on good terms after what it did to me. It was important that it was Sam who made it happen. Um and that hug, that was that was the bit in the episode that really got me when he just he just held him in the exhibit. It was like, oh, yeah, it was. Good. I've only just realised something. What's that? Isaiah Isaiah's family is his grandson. Yep. That's Patriot. Yep. Because I know Agents of Shield did like a version of Patriot, but it wasn't the same character. I don't it, think so. It, but they, but they, it was like a super soldier thing, and it was tied into Captain America, and there was a uniform worn by a character that was very similar to Patriots, like, you know, blue, like, dark blue jacket and a domino mask kind of look. Yeah. But, um, which essentially is like, it's sort of like a a derivative of Bucky's original design, sort of Bucky meets Captain America. Yeah. Um, And, and... And in the comics, he has the triangular shield. Yes. And, and that's, hey, the option is open. We set up that Isaiah Bradley lived on and he's currently only survived by his grandson who is super protective of him, has now seen the world and this whole idea of being a hero through the eyes of his grandfather mm-hmm. and Sam Wilson. Mm-hmm. And in the comics, he's he's got like sort of... It's not it's not the complete sort of super soldier strength, is it? It's like he he's like he has heightened agility and strength yeah, to I a degree he... because it's genetically inherited from his grandfather. Yeah. And it's like, are they, they don't set it up in this. And I appreciate that because now is not the time to sow that seed. It wasn't relevant to this story specifically, 
but it makes if they go down that route the foundation of patriot a lot richer because we can well, all go oh, it started in falcon the winter soldier you know what i mean it's, 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 it's the, it's the general credited, ross thing he's credited as eli ross bradley thing. yeah so, so there he be there, there he so, be they, they could definitely definitely go that way um which is neat. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of setup in this, which is interesting because it on the back of this it came, it it was revealed that Malcolm Spellman, the showrunner of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is working on the script for Captain America Four. Yes, uh, he's, so he's writing it. Uh, it is starring Anthony Mackie as Captain America. Um, it seems like whatever season two of this show is would be more just, here's another adventure using these characters in this world. And probably even, you know, Captain America as well. But there's also going to be at least one feature film with Sam's Captain America as the as the main star. And that's I think, right. I think it's they totally will do, earned at this point. That one of, one of two things will happen. Either this... Either Captain America 4 will happen, and then they'll do a new set of Captain America films with Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Or... They'll write Captain America four and realize, you know what? Let's just do another series of this. Mm-hmm. As let's do it as a, as, a, as another series of this. Yeah. Um. Because with the name change you get in the end credits from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Captain America and the Winter Soldier, I think that opens a lot of doors for, and it, it lets them do more in terms of like the character work and the yeah. sort of behind the scenes espionage stuff, which is looks like the angle they're going to be going with the introduction of the Contessa. And US agent, and the revelation that Sharon is the power is the power broker and is now in position back at the CIA. Yes. Um, which is I, I love what they've done with Sharon. Is like they've just actually given her a, a, she doesn't get a happy ending. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, she sort of. It, she it's sort that of weird thing is, of the system rewards her for being a white woman in America. Yeah. Like she is given that pardon. Uh, she is reinstated as a job within, um, you know, government. Like whatever, whatever Shield has become within the U.S. government, she's being given a position amongst that, and um, she's now going to use it to her advantage. Maybe they don't do a full season following this. Maybe what they do is—I um, mean, six episodes is a full season. That's not how oh, much, yeah. really. Oh, I know, but maybe what they do is they spin these things off into the the next stories elsewhere. So, oh, so maybe, maybe like a, Sharon yeah. Carter's power broker selling off superpowered weapon stuff is what leads into Armor Wars, where people are getting hold of Tony Stark's stuff and yeah, maybe Rhodey's having to find out why and how that's happening and you know maybe U.S. Agent and um, Val, you know the the Contessa, maybe that's going to lead into something in one of the one of the movies or maybe it's going to lead into like another one of the shows directly instead um like i i i i feel like it's open that if they wanted to do another series focusing on this set of characters they could uh, yeah. and have that and have that run adjacent to the films or they could just take the new the threads that they've set up and go and we'll take you guys over here and you'll yeah. go over here um it would, it i just would want to surprise point out me. as well that the director of the whole series was carrie scogland um, I hope they consider her directing the fourth film. I would be shocked if they didn't. She's got a hell of a TV background, but she's got a hell of a thing like The Rook, Falcon Winter Soldier, Condor, The Punisher, uh, Handmaid's Tale, House of Cards, Walking yeah. Dead. Like she's 
She has so, a like, very, shows very a lot big of, like, genre background. Stuff going on. Yeah. Like, Children of the Corn in... 666, Isaac's Return. Brilliant. That's one of hers. There Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. I've only seen the first Children of the Corn. It's terrible. Can't, I can't begin to imagine the depths that Children of the Corn 666 would, would plumb. Also, wouldn't be the first Marvel film director to have previously directed a director video installment in a long-running horror franchise. Oh, who'd be the next one? Scott Derrickson directed Hellraiser Inferno. Of course, yes. Which is oh, probably yeah. the best of the directed video Hellraisers. <laughs> And you say that as a to man who has suffered through them all. <laughs> no, I've not suffered through them all. I've actually, I've not seen. I've the not seen Hellraisers. I've not seen Deader or Hellworld, which are the last two with Doug Bradley in, and I've not seen um, the two post Doug Bradley ones. But Matt, they have such sights to show you. They do have such sights to show you. <laughs> They will tear your soul apart. Do you know what didn't tear anyone's soul apart? What? The revelation about the power broker. I don't. I think the internet collectively had gone. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of gotten It's Sharon, there. or Sharon's working for them. Yeah. Because ultimately, it was inconsequential. Yes. Um. Because it's set up. It's it's set yeah. up for something else down the line, um, which they can do because that's the great thing about them knowing that they have. X number of projects to play with is they can seed stuff in this and Sharon's still got to be a major player mm. but ultimately her plot isn't resolved here fully because it's going forward into another project it would shock me if it's not Captain America 4 yeah but Seems by like the same to token the, the, Could be, it, I mean now I've said Armor Wars I'm like oh can it be that please yeah well maybe well can be. it be that we, we don't know <laughs> Because um, um, it, it depends it, how much control the studio has true. over what these projects entail and how much control the actual writers have. I'd imagine that if it's anything like the films, they've just sort of got a broad overarching thing of like, okay, you have to hit these points here, here, and here. You can't take this, this, and this. You can't take these characters out of the off the table. Mm. They have to be in this place by the end of it. Other than that go for it. I, w- I would imagine that that kind of relationship is what they've got now. Because um, I, I I think they've probably learned from what went down with Ant-Man, where yeah. it just, it was just too, ended up being too restrictive for Edgar Wright and, and Joe Cornish. And uh, and Chloe Zhao's certainly talked about having a lot of freedom on uh, Eternals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which they'd be, you know, they would have been stupid not to give her because now she's an Oscar winning director. Mm. Um, and so that's, to have that in their stable mm. of, a, of one of the few female directors and Oscar winners yeah. is a hell of a get. Do so, you uh, do you think? Because uh, there's not really too much more to say about Sharon, but I, I just want to before we move on to other characters who I think have tastier kind of things to spicier to chew on. things yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, do you think she now knowing what we know now? Do you think she? was always the power broker or do you think she became one during the five year gap because i can't remember if she, oh, no, 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 if no, she, she vanished or not this is no she this is something that happened post yeah civil well, war yeah there's 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 two years between civil war and infinity war in in universe so um i think like and the power broker 
had what's his face making super soldier serum before the snap no i think i think it happened within the two years after civil war because that's oh, yeah, when yeah. she gets that's when oh, she gets run out of the states yeah so that's what i'm saying like in two years she's she's already set herself up in madripoor and become that kind yeah. of implying then i guess that she also maybe vanished in the snap too so that out the back of it she's like right work needs to resume on this what the hell's happened possibly the, sh- the show just sort of suggests that uh What's his face? The scientist man. I can't remember the, the chemist's but, name. But that he he obviously disappeared, and that was why the work stalled. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it's it's uh, it's interesting because I think she had she been around in that time, she would have possibly, based on how resentful she is, she probably would have taken up a bigger position of revenge or something. I don't know. It, it's I think there's more to explore with Sharon, but it isn't here, and I think that is one of the letdowns of this series overall. Yeah. It's kind of like, Emily Van Camp is bloody good, and we as an audience sort of grew to go, oh, she's cool, in her two films. So for her to take such a swerve here and then for it to not kind of invest in it... Is yeah, like, no, I get you. Huh. Um, Carly Morgenthau. Erin uh, Kellyman... Uh, an, an enjoyable addition to the MCU, and she's yeah, she's she's, great. Cer- she's certainly had her highlights this series. I think her conversation with Sam after the funeral, after the wake of uh, of her friend a few episodes ago, was the highlight for me in terms of her scenes. I just love the way they played that. Yeah, because you yeah. believe that this was suddenly a child realizing, I am, I'm weighing over my head here. Maybe now is the time to stop. Um, you. And I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's bothered me more as the series has gone on. But you pointed out a few episodes ago, that, like it seems like she, she turns generic villains so quickly. Yeah. In, in a way that it felt like it was for the sake of the plot. But it's in, it's in that. It's in it's like episode two, isn't it? Where you get that, or is it episode three? Where you get that, that end of three. Of, she has that place blown up. I think it is. Yeah. It? And earlier in that episode, she's had that moment where she sort of talks about her motivations and and mm. the reasoning behind her actions, and you, and you. You um, you get on side with her, yeah. But then he turns around and goes, "Oh, actually, she's a bad person," and it yeah. kind of conflates. It, it kind of conflates acting to be to make things better because of her motivations mm-hmm. with her methods, and sort of it, it sort of implies that they're the same thing, and both are bad. Yeah. But I think the show does redeem itself by help it by particularly the way the stand Sam takes on it's not. And yes, pe- the people are doing these things to make things better and they shouldn't be done. But you've got to question why they're doing it. You've got to fix the root cause of why people feel the need to take such extreme action. Um, I, and I, I, feel also, I think I, the show does a better job of yeah. that, it, but it still fumbles the ball with Carly in terms of like, she just goes from like super sympathetic to sort of moustache twisty... Um, Murderer like she, like she's, not in, she's not enjoying it, but she's making these choices very yeah. She's e- not easily, really. But yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But I think, but then I think that also is to do with the idea of uh, that Zemo says like something like the super soldier serum to take it and gain its and gain its power is to inherently be on a path of superiority. Yeah, so, so it fits it, in with th- the themes, which which, yeah. which which played weird for me in this last one because. For starters, I don't think Carly had to die for the point to be made at the end. I think it would have played just as well had she been incarcerated and still Sam be like, like, think about what led her to this. Really, 
really listen to why yeah. why they've done this. Um, but it does uh, also because it also that... sort of makes you go, wait, so a super soldier can just be shot like once in the gut and die. Well, yeah, because they're not bulletproof. That's that's true, but we've seen Steve like survive stab wounds to the gut and stuff. Oh and, yeah, but like you know, it's just, it seems he... a little. I mean, Thanos beat the fuck out of him with his giant that's sword. True. That's <laughs> true. Like, hmm. uh, then again, it might just not be as perfect I mean, a version because it's, it's there's more no about one the quite like Steve. Yeah, but that was that was where it played weird for me for this because the remainder of Carly's group they get rounded up by Bucky and John Walker. And they kind of surrender, and you sort of get the sense that they are like, this has gone too far. Like, yeah. they give off that vibe yeah, that this has gone too far. And they hand themselves in. But then they have the PS scene where one of the people chaperoning them seemingly to a lockup yep. is a member of the Flag Smashers. And they all give this kind of like little evil grin, like, ha ha, we're going to get out of it. And not played, not played as like a, oh, thank God. It was played as like a, yes, we'll have our revenge. For then it to be subverted and then yeah. blown up, which again, which was genius was because yeah. it was it was Zemo's butler, which it, you know, <laughs> Keith didn't recognize him. Same until I pointed I out. I didn't at first. Was like, I was like, "Who is this? Who is this mysterious Mickey Mouse gloved man? Mickey Mouse gloved man?" It's like, oh, he's a butler. Oh, he's it's the, Zemo's. But- it's Zemo's, Zemo's old butler. as fuck. It's it, it's the blade that pierced his body. Two point oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, but I love I love that idea that even in prison, Zemo's obviously been like, or set up the contingency of, yeah, don't let any of these super soldiers survive. Yeah. Don't do it. Because that's what he, he doesn't want that. And so then he, you just get that scene of him, get, of him hearing the news and just like, settling back onto his bunk with a smile on his face. He's, he's sorted. He's job done. He's got his shit eating grin. He's got his yeah. book. He's fine. He he he, get, he goes back to what he was already in, except it looks like comfier quarters this time because now he's in the raft. Yeah, uh, and he'll no doubt be plucked for the Thunderbolts program or something in the coming series or films. Because why else would you give us that little tease of oh Daniel Brule's in that prison you all remember from Civil War? And <laughs> it's sort of quite poetic as well because like his actions led to half of the Avengers like being in that prison. Yeah. in his debut and now that's where he's housed yeah um john bloody walker oh god why are russell so good in this he's i think i think for me i mean as i bradley sam wilson are the reasons i think this series works so well in terms of their arcs the performances and and, and the conversations they have in particular yeah. Some of the best scenes in this series are like two of them of the best scenes in this series are just two dudes sat in a backyard repotting plants and having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like they just are. But the MVP for this series for me is Wyatt Russell. Cause holy fuck, they made that character sympathetic, irritating, then detestable then kind of grey, then fucking terrifying. And now I don't know exactly how to feel because he makes the right call in this. He rocks up and you think he's going to show up and like beat the fuck out of Bucky or something. Or he's going to like try and murder the Flag Smashers to make a point. And instead, maybe that's why he shows up, but he makes the right call and saves the van of officials. Yeah, which is, I thought was a really neat... It was like... And and in sort of understanding what it takes to be Captain America, he understands yeah. that he hasn't got it. 
but he still wants to serve. Yeah. Which, which is, is how he ends up as US agent. Which is how he's going to be totally manipulated later on. Oh, the, yeah. No, to- yeah, the they're going to play him. They're going to play him. Because he gets his own uniform, and oh, look at you, a US agent. You've got your own code name, and wait, this is going to be great. Well done, John. I'll be in touch. And it's like, huh. This ended too good to be true. I mean, again, it's a commentary that the two characters who should have faced justice really at the end of the series were both white and both got away with Jack's Jack shit. Yeah. They had no punishments by the end, really. John's got a new name and a purpose and he feels great. Sharon's got a new position that she's secretly still going to take advantage of to fuck people over. Yeah. And that kind of sat with the themes of the show as well. It was it was that kind of bittersweet note to see both of them get a happy ending because it was like, yeah, but Asaya never got that. He gets it now, but it's still not it's still not right what happened to and him. And it's still not enough because it it doesn't make up for the loss of his wife and all those years he could have spent with her that were yeah. they were in prison. And yet, like U.S. agent goes free. Sharon Carter gets a well. Your aunt was a good kid, so off you go. It's like, yeah, mm. like it felt dirty when they said like. You know, good luck, Agent Carter. It was like, don't you call her that, you yeah. bastards. She's not earned that name. She she could have, but she's not anymore. Um, but I, I, just, I think Wyatt Russell was phenomenal in in the whole series. For me, he's he he's he's the breakout for me this series. Because um, I again, I I was aware of U.S. Agent. I don't really give a shit about him. He's in some stories I've read, and I got the gist. Yeah, and now I'm like. That is one of the most fascinating characters in the MCU in recent years. Like I, yeah, I, definitely. Ooh, it's it's. I, I I've said on this podcast before. I like a Boo Hiss baddie. I think we're missing Boo Hiss baddies now, because the world is grey and people are becoming more aware of that. And media, especially family media, is reflecting that a lot more. Yeah, and I get it, but I do miss a Boo Hiss baddie. I will make an exception. <laughs> For John Walker, because <laughs> that is some delicious grey area. Who isn't like, always a bad guy? That's the thing with John it's, Walker. It's like, like he's it's like a... tuna paste. It's grey area that tastes nice on a yeah. sandwich. It's just mm, okay. Like he's not really a villain, but he's too murky to be a hero. Like he's yeah. usually on the. He's usually trying to do the right thing, but he's either he... manipulated out into in to doing it in such a way that's that is not uh, what. It, he wants it to be, or is just gem- is just genuinely misguided. He's in, in the his same methods. wheel. He's in the same wheelhouse as Killmonger for me. In terms of, I can't quite believe how intricate you've made this character, and how well you've executed it with your script and picking the right fucking actor for the role. Oh God! Like, oh my God! Just you know, it. Oh. My days, like they both, just they the both, sheer they charisma both still, yeah. that radiates off Wyatt Russell is ridiculous. And but both of them, Killmonger and U.S. Agent, both respectively get their villain moments. They get scenes where they are yeah. scary, and they're clearly enjoying hurting the good guys. But like, yeah, just Wyatt Russell, man, give him more roles in more things, please. But leave his oh, calendar. I'm sure he'll leave be his fine. calendar open enough that he can pop back as U.S. Agent. Oh, we'll be back. He will be back. And in greater numbers. No, uh, there's just one of him still. Oh, that's true. That's true in a way. <laughs> um, Sebastian Stan. I feel like as the series went on, Bucky kind of took a back seat. But I don't think that was a fault of the structure. I think that was the intention all along. I think he, yeah. I think he 
he was and the Winter Soldier for the, a reason, for the exact same reason the character has been Captain America and Bucky. Yeah, like he he was he he was the supporting character that the book or in this case the miniseries needed. He's a psychic, and like when they yeah. tried to make him Captain America in the comics, it didn't really work because he's a psychic. Yeah, he doesn't have. I mean, it was, the... it, was, it was compelling, but it was compelling because it didn't feel right. Like, it fell off. Yeah. He's heroic. Um, yeah. But he's not a hero, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, he does heroic things, but he doesn't have the... It's not even that he doesn't have the, the strength of character or the moral fortitude to be a, 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 a main hero, because he absolutely does. It's just that's not what he... Steve, Steve was he, the best of the best. Having yeah. Bucky around made Steve somehow even better. Yeah, like and Bucky that seems, is. That seems to be working now with Sam. Same yeah, thing. Yeah, he's, he's he's a force multiplier. Like he's yeah. not. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> he's more effective when he's paired with other people. Yeah. Um. But, he, and he he lines up the goal for the other person to take the shot. Yeah. And and is the best there is at that. Like he's he's superb at it. And and yeah. And I think Stan, Sebastian Stan played that really, really well. Part of me wishes we got to see the conversation with his friend about... I mean, there was a lot of down. stuff in an already overstuffed episode, and I think it's kind of better that we yeah. don't, because... It would, it would weirdly drag the whole episode down in terms of where it happens in the story into a... Yeah. Yeah, into a bit of a quagmire. Maybe, based on the plot structure, that scene could have taken place at the start of this episode, almost... And then after everything, that's when he sort of pops by the restaurant and doesn't go in to talk to him um, to sort of show the idea that it's like, maybe maybe you shouldn't stick around for this. Yeah, well, anymore. they can't, like... Like, give him that distance, because that is one hell of a revelation to learn that his son was killed mm. by you, like, 30 years ago or whatever, and it's like, you did it. So there's no way for that to... That, that's not going to pass. And I kind of think it was nice they touched back on, on his date as well that she sort of gave him this look of like not now like just sort of looked at him and was like no not now's not the time do you know what i mean it was so again it was bucky's going to get a happy ending but he's had to earn it and yeah. he's still he's still earning it um, yeah he's not there yet he still gets to be the cool uncle at the uh the cool un- friend uncle at the Wilson like family do at the that was a wonderful ending. Oh, he's going to be a real uncle at some point. Don't you worry. <laughs> I-, I like we got more time with Sarah in this episode as well. And, yeah, well, and- that's what I was saying last week. Is it's it's going to be in- it's interesting to see a Captain America who's got a family to go back to, and yeah. I think it was really neat that the series ended on that. I think yeah. going back to his family and his community and being a figure for them outside of the suit outside of the trappings of it and yeah. people knowing not just knowing him as as Captain America but also knowing him as Uncle Sam there we go yeah and, and just like and just but by being more personable and visible and just interacting with people in a way that Steve never really had the chance to there aren't many Steve MCU that- protagonists that have family like there aren't that many it, 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 they're all sort of on the job. Yeah, the, 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 we like, see a the, bit Guardi- of it the Guardians Hawkeye. are a family, but they're all adventurers. Yeah, and and yeah, and that's why that's why I I don't like throw away Age of Ultron, for example, because like I really did appreciate that angle. 
yeah. that that revelation was really nice. It was like I'm interested oh, to see how oh, they yeah, one of these guys has stakes, has people to go back to. Like I'm, okay. inter- I'm interested to see how they sort of work that into the Hawkeye series. And how yeah. they sort of get Kate Bishop on sort of meeting up with Clint and how that works out. I'm intrigued to see that. Because um, we don't really like that. Be that's an opportunity to do it. We don't really have it with Spidey as much as we should. No, um, and I don't think we're going to get it with Spidey anytime soon, based on what we're learning about the next one, which kind of sucks. We've got it with Ant Man. We've got it with Ant Man. Although that, got although Cassie. that that structure has changed now, so it'd be interesting to see going yes. forward how that plays in Quantumania. Um, it's that's, such uh, a good, that's so fucking great. It's a good title. I love it. Uh, it looks like we're going to get it to a degree in Shang-Chi but obviously the story of that film seems to be oh you have this like friends and family thing and it's about to get torn up because of thing you have thing beckoning you back toward what you're meant to be doing Um, but you know at the very least like Captain America having family having a home having that community and again just like again we, we are too you know, fairly privileged white guys from the northwest of England. There are things here which we can appreciate, but we'll never completely understand. Um, but the reaction online to like Sam being Cap, like outside of you know our immediate circles, like looking at especially um, African American commenters, users online discussing it. Like, there is something there that, like, I think we can observe and kind of... We can feel it. We'll never understand it in the exact same way. But, my God, it is doing, like, so much good. The the mm. the fact that Sam Wilson and Captain America has been trending on and off every day on, like, Instagram and Twitter since the finale. Like, and it's just this big, wonderful, positive buzz that hasn't gone away. Yeah. Is just it speaks volumes. Like it's just it's so freaking cool. There's a I don't know when the interview's from, but the clip's doing the rounds again now. Anthony Mackie being uh, interviewed, talking about the end of Endgame, which as we record this on Alien Day, Happy Alien Day, everybody, hey. uh, is also the like two year anniversary of Endgame coming out in US cinemas because I think we got it like the day before, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and. Uh, so I don't know if the footage is from around the time of Endgame or if it's around the time of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but it's this clip of Anthony Mackie saying he was watching Endgame with his kid in the cinema. It was his first time his kid was seeing it. And Steve gives him the shield. And his his, his young lad like just turned like just turned and looked up at him and went, Dad, are you Captain America? <laughs> and, and he went and he sort of went like, Guess I am. And his kid apparently just went, Okay. And then just looked back at the screen and that was it. <laughs> and then like a week later, phoned him from a friend's house and his kid was sobbing because he was like, all my friends think it's the coolest thing ever. Like, you're Captain America. I'm so proud of you. And he's like, he said that was it. So I was just bursting into tears on the phone. Like, because you are, all you ever want as a parent is for your kids to like, you know, just, just, just like you. You want your kid to like you. Like, that's the most important thing to you in the world. You want to get on with your kid. And he said, like, that broke me. And it's just that whole idea of, it's not just because it's his son. Like, there's going to be so many young boys and girls around America who are going to see this and go, oh, my God, I can be that too. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, 
And it's that beautiful thing of like the Falcon is now just part of this tapestry of the character. The Falcon yeah. is one part of it. And the DNA is still there. Let's talk about the set pieces and that mother-loving costume. Oh, um, yeah. And the fact that it's Wakandan. Yep. Like, it's an African costume made for America's hero. And just, oh, it's it's, it's freaking beautiful. It's The Falcon wings are there. Unlike the comic, they've retained the MCU version of his wings. They're like a, pa- a backpack, so they can do a bit more with him without having to explain the physics of the wings being under his arm all the time. Yeah. Um, which was great because Sam Wilson is not a fighter. Sam Wilson is not a super soldier. He's an he's a pilot. <laughs> he's been doing some training, though. With decent combat training, who can now do decent stuff with the shield and will obviously get better and improve now that he's yeah. like fully taken the mantle up. But there was a brilliant article. I can't remember the website now. But I'll, I'll pull it up. The, the name of the website because I want to give it credit but there's this wonderful article doing the rounds from last year he, he, he gives Batrock Zilipe a run for his money uh, R.I.P. Batrock yeah although we don't see the body so oh, we kind of do do we? yeah probably um <laughs> uh let's see where this article's from Mark Bernarden uh reposted it onto Twitter and I gave it a read and it was bloody wonderful where are you, article? Right, the website Black Nerd Problems. This article's from about a year ago. Okay. And it's called, It's About Time... It's loading. It's About Time We Acknowledge Sam Wilson Can't Fight. Nice. <laughs> oh, no, so it's not from a year ago. It's from earlier this year. It was, like, during the season as it first started coming out. And it's basically talking about how, like, every fight he's ever had in the MCU, he's had his ass handed to him. <laughs> I, I watched the first Ant-Man recently, and yes... But yes, like that one's so embarrassing that it's a running gag of like, never talk of it, never talk about that. No, never, never speak of this. Let's, let us never. Like Steve he, doesn't need to hear about this. Even him acknowledging that he knows Scott is like a. We know each other. That's the end of the conversation. Yeah. Don't ask how we met. Don't ask what our first meeting was we about. We have met. Yeah. Um, Rumlow hands him his ass once he gets de-winged in yep. Winter Soldier, and the only thing that saves him is the helicarrier crashing into the Triskelion. <laughs> yep uh, Bucky rips his wings off in that film um, and and uh, and takes him down um, <laughs> do you remember who else it listed Ant-Man obviously um, then in uh, Infinity War I can't remember it listed but it listed another one where it's like yeah Falcon gets his ass handed to him but most embarrassingly him and Bucky get their asses handed to him to buy a teenager in red and blue pyjamas who yep. has so much of a one-up on them that he keeps pausing the fight to talk about how cool their gimmicks are. Yeah. <laughs> you can it's fly! Very good. That's so cool! <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's this, obviously the article's tongue-in-cheek, but like by the end of it, they're like, Sam better step the fuck up if he's going to he become Captain America. And yeah, they um, they show that he is, he def- defenses his primary. And I yeah. think that's right. Um, like he won't fight. He refuses to fight Carly at the end. Yeah, he refuses to fight her. So it's about deflection and and evasion. Um, he's still a you know he still gets some licks in. He's still like firing red wing and little, two red wings with little rockets but, and stuff. But it's mostly shunting, pushing, deflecting, and ricocheting the shield off of stuff. Because what's the most important thing that his Wakandan suit doesn't have that his previous suits did? Uh, Red Wing? 
The guns. Yes, that's true. He yeah, doesn't have his guns anymore. He be gunless now. That he be. That's a good point. But he does still have a bunch of gadgets which he uses like the to sort of compensate. Yes. Well, the the, jet- it was a jetpack anyway. But like using it with the shield. Because it's like he's yes. not a super soldier. The shield's vibranium, sure. But he's not a super soldier. Yeah. So when he's like being hit by something hard... He needs to ground himself. And in the fights, he does it with, like, at one point, the wings just go crunch into the ground behind yep. him and hold him steady. At another point, um, the jetpack, a couple times, he uses the jetpack for short bursts to, like, ram forward with the shield, mm-hmm. which is genius. Um, and then you've got the bit it's on the bridge neat. where the, heli- the helicopter debris is going to crash into him and the pilot. So overgo the wings, which we've seen in this series and in... Um, Civil War, overgo uh-huh. the wings to cover up from the debris, and then the shield just boomf right on top of it. Oh, that looked great. It, it looks oh, very good. It's it's I think it, he's like the first well no, Tony Stark, I guess, but he's like the first MCU hero is like, yeah, if I'm a kid, I want all the accessories and all the play, <laughs> all the playabilities to come with that I toy. Want his, his red I, want, bird. I want the toy's wings to go whoomp forward and I yep. want the shield to be able to stick to the front. And I want him to be able to fire the shield by squeezing his legs and making him go wee with his arm. Like, I want to do all that stuff. Uh, Lucy made a brilliant point. She said, I love the costume, but his head's exposed. And I was like, yeah, it is. Then again, it was as Falcon. Like, it was as Falcon yeah, too. True. And also, it's more thematic. The reason why it's designed that way is to, A, ape sort of the, the comic design of Falcon's original costume with the goggles, the neck brace and the the, the strap around the head. But also the head the, sock. The whole point is we want to show off our new Captain America and him being black is a big part of, of the character. Mm-hmm. So you kinda wanna see his face. Plus like there's no secret identity thing. Steve didn't have a secret identity. He spends most of the movies in the series with his helmet off. Yeah. Um like, you know, and, and this time everyone knows Falcon. <laughs> well, we think everyone knows Falcon because everyone keeps calling him Black Falcon. <laughs> I like that that became a recurring gag. Yeah, oh, that, that was, was neat. wonderful. I liked that. That was a beautiful moment as well. The two older guys in the crowd was like, oh, that's Black Falcon. And the younger of the two goes, no, that's Captain America. It's like, yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Um, I like that the suit looks like a flight suit. It's got a bit of padding to it and a bit of it sort of ruffles yeah. and, and bunches. It sort of looks like Steve's first costume, the 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 yeah. first Avenger one, um, but recolored. Uh, and it should it should be padded and 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 more tactical because it is a it's a you know it's a it's a he's combat flying. suit. He's yeah. flying around. He's going to crash and and bump into things because the only time he wasn't like that in the films was for some of winter some of the Winter Soldier. Because he just nicked the wings from the shield facility. Yeah. So he's just like in his t-shirt and jeans. But then the rest of the films, he's always got some kind of at least like central body padding. His legs are padding. He's got boots on and, you know, gloves and stuff. I think he looked cool. I think he looks so freaking cool. He looks really fucking cool. So much so that I've put a 10% deposit on... Did you see Hasbro Pulse had another event? Uh, this week where they're like oh unveiled. I've seen the figures I have seen the figures oh Disney Plus Wave not only that they're out next month normally when mm-hmm. they announce normally when they announce stuff it's like coming seven months from now they're well like, I imagine they've had these on the back burner well for a while they definitely and have just ready to go for when the shows have been on because the US agent figures incorrectly painted ha! it's a black of version it of John Walker's Captain America costume uh... um, yeah 
which means that probably was what US Agent looked like at some point, and then since they've obviously revised it to look yeah. more like the comic book one. All I'm saying is, I own Tipex and I own black paint. I can very easily make it look like the one on screen. You don't need to repaint your own toys, Christopher. I can do that for you. Okay. <laughs> I might have to commission you for that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great because the wave is Captain America, and it's Sam Wilson, uh, Winter Soldier, Bucky, um, Wanda in Scarlet Witch costume from WandaVision, the White Vision from WandaVision, uh, mm-hmm. Baron Zemo, which is actually the one I'm most excited about getting my hands on, weirdly enough. Um, uh, US Agent. And the only one I'm a little bit sort of eh on is the Loki figure, which is just sort of him in a G- like smart pants, tie, jacket, like looking like he does in most of the recent trailer for Loki. Yeah, it's a smart look, but is it's it just a, a bit of a figure? Uh, figure. Yeah. However, they have confirmed that there will be more figures based on Loki coming in the future. It's like, oh okay. yeah, because you got to get your own Wilson out there, and yeah. Well, forget that. I just want Loki in his um in his like election costume. Yeah. I just want that one. Like, oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful toy. That's quite good. So yeah, Shang Chi toys as well have started showing up in some US stores. Yes. Yeah. Not all of them, but some US stores. They're not available for pre-order over here, so I think that means that some shipments have been released. A little too early. Yeah. But they look really good. They look really good, especially the Shang-Chi figure. It's like, holy shit. Actually, the Aquafina likeness is incredible. Mm. But she's the, um, not the chase figure. She's the, you know, in the Marvel Legends waves now, they tend to have, every figure's got a builder figure part, except one. Like, there's just one that's a random one that's usually like, that's the one that'll probably sell the most. It's like in the Spider-Man waves, like whatever the Spider-Man is, is usually without a builder figure part and stuff. Um, Aquafina is the one for this, but it's because she's a Target exclusive, and I'm like, why are you making this difficult? You make the Shang Chi figures available for everyone. Like of all the Marvel movies, where it's like those action figures are gonna fly off the shelves as soon as kids see it, it's gonna be Shang Chi. Yeah, kids are gonna want to be kicking shit all day long. <laughs> like, get yeah. those toys out on mass release ASAP. And also, like, stop. Don't make your female characters figures exclusives because you want to get them out to as many people as possible yeah get more of those fuckers going you know what i mean yeah Uh, to the credit there's there's uh two female figures in the wave but one of them is a target exclusive so you're like oh for god's sake guys come on yeah book the fuck up and sort that one out uh the the two comic the fucky up the (laughs) fucky in the winter fuck fuck um the two comic figures now i watch the two comic comic figures in that wave are civil warrior based on contest of the champions game yeah and um hologram iron man so it's basically a classic iron man army you know the 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 sort of um who's the primary iron man artist in the 70s oh you're you know, talking about who did the um the sort of the the mid 70s like Cree school wars so i think that was john Byrne. probably yeah so it's, so it's, it's the you know the yellow arms, that one. yellow yeah. arms, yellow legs, knee-high boots, you know, cl- classic old-school Iron Man armor, but it's holographic Iron Man in that the figure is just an Iron Man, but the swappable head is a translucent Tony Stark head. So if you want to, like, backlight it, it looks like a hologram in a in mm. a sentry suit. Uh, and the builder That's figure is, going back, bringing it all back round, the builder oh, figure no. is Mr. Hyde. <laughs> Fabulous. Because they made an Avengers game Joe Fix-It as a builder figure, and I guess they've got to use those parts somewhere. 
So, Ooh. did you hear that uh, there was a leak today that um, Marvel's Avengers is getting some costumes inspired by the MCU? Finally, I too did f- see. I saw that news article. Yeah, too fucking late, guys. Don't yes. give a shit. <laughs> like, if you'd put them right. in at launch, you might have had more players. But yeah, I, I downloaded it because it's on PlayStation now, and I still haven't booted it up. Don't bother. No, play play through the story. Just as a fan of the comics, like have a little look at what they've done. My main gripe with the story is I'm sick of, oh, everyone's been pulled apart. Five years later, someone gets the band back together. I'm so bored of that as a trope now, mm. um, especially when it's a first stab at a new adaptation. It's always like, this is your first story? Because at no point in that game does it ever earn, oh, this is what the Avengers are. They're amazing. Because the first time you see them, you see them through Kamala's eyes, and you're like, okay, she's fangirling out, like, let's get to meet them. And then the mission you play as them before the time jump is the one where they fuck up. And the world goes to crap. So it's like, why would I want to get this lot back together? I've not seen them do anything cool. Or mm. anything anything heroic. It's weird. <laughs> weird! But Modok. Did you catch but that Modoc. trailer? Did you catch that trailer? Yeah. It looks fun. It does look it fun. It looks I'm, really I'm, fun. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to catching that. Speaking of catching, uh, yes. we're about to catch these emails, not hands. Yeah, we got a, we got a missive from a um, friend of the show and friend of ours, uh, good old Charles. Not that old, but <laughs> he's good, not old. Still. He's old. He's, um, he's, if he's not old, then can we give him the title old? Good old Charles. Good old. Oh, well. uh, this has to be, uh, and it, the instruction is for this opening line of the email that I have to do it in my loudest Brian Blessed voice. So head headphone users beware. Oh God! Are you it's ready? Five Are you past ready? nine at night. Oh God! Here we go. PlayStation's alive. <laughs> <laughs> God, that peaked. Um, <laughs> well, you peaked on mine and I'm wearing headphones. <laughs> How does that work? Um, <laughs> I was going to write and ask for you both to give a eulogy of sorts. So the PS oh. Vita and PS3 highlights, lowlights, best exclusives, <laughs> hidden gems and all that sort of thing. But we're certainly doing a big old backtrack after the huge swell of ire from Dying in the World PlayStation marks, such as ourselves. I can't help but feel that this is likely just a stay of execution as opposed to something they plan to keep up in perpetuity. The Vita especially, a particular favourite of ours, has been treated with nothing short of contempt by the brass in Sony Towers. So I was hoping you two might offer us your thoughts on the three systems and their respective highs, lows, exclusives, whatever, as a means to inform the rest of us what we can still go out, stay in, and enjoy before (laughs) Sony inevitably let the sword of Damocles fall on our beloved childhoods. Let's forget I was well into my 20s when the Vita came out, shall we? Yeah, you and me both, buddy. Um, as always, missing you both dearly. The light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter, so I can't wait to see, swoosh, and get drunk with the pair of you. Lots of love, Charles. We must go out um, for meets and meads when we can. Cause that would be mm, bloody meads and meads. Um, the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation Portable, the PlayStation Vita. The PlayStation Portable and PlayStation Vita, I think, have the Dreamcast problem. Too uh, specifically were... based around their own gimmicks? No, they're, they're too far ahead of the they're ahead of the time. True? Yeah. Wanting to yeah. do wanting to do like console level games on handhelds. Mm. 
Like the reason that the DS and the Game Boy, the Game Boy and then the DS sort of series of consoles were so enduring was because they had games that were built for portability. And yeah. a lot of the PSP and Vita's games were built as scaled down versions of full console games. Mm. The Vita in particular feels like a precursor to the Switch. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it, a really if, good way to put it. <laughs> if it had if it had, had a dock mm-hmm. and you'd be there because the PSP did. You could plug a PSP into a I've TV, got a video yeah. cable for a PSP. You can plug it into a TV and you can sync a, a PlayStation uh, DualShock 3 to it. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess with the Vita it'd have to be like some kind of wireless connection that like like a like a two USB sort of thing maybe. The Vita's it'd... got a Bluetooth built in. <clears throat> oh yeah, there is that. But Bluetooth's never been reliable, especially not sort of ten years ago when the system first started to emerge. Well, no, really, because that's the, the the controllers have been running on Bluetooth since the PlayStation Three launched. Oh God, of course. DualShock threes and have always run on Bluetooth. Ah. So that that tech's all there. Yeah. But they never really capitalised on it. If there had been a proper... There was never a, a video out um, capability released for the Vita. Mm. Never happened. I mean, at the same time, what it did as its own little system damn impressive. The scale, of yeah. the, ga- the scale of the games made available on cartridges no bigger than a camera's memory card. It was great for... Mm. The, the biggest problem with the Vita, and the PSP had it to a degree, but it's easier to get around with the PSP, um, is the proprietary memory yeah. uh, cards. Yeah. It's like the memory sticks for the PSP, which you can quite easily get around with a memory with a micro SD to memory stick adapter. Not a problem. Um but the bit but you can't really because of the small size of them, mm-hmm. you can't really get around that with the Vita <clears throat> for its proprietary memory cards, which are rare as hen's teeth. Yeah, oh god the hands go very up. expensive. Yeah. And I think the other biggest one they made was sixty four gig. Mm. Um, and I've never seen one in the wild. I've never seen one for sale from on Amazon that wasn't from a third party scalper. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the biggest problem with the Vita because it was a deli- it was a digital delivery system, building off uh, the P- the idea of the PSP Go again. The PSP Go, another thing that was super ahead of its time because it was a PSP with no disk drive, all digital stuff. They did have a digital storefront, but a lot of the, a lot of the particularly the PSP exclusive titles, didn't have digital releases. Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII, Metal Gear Acid, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, didn't have digital releases and still don't. Um, so you can only play those on original PSPs. Well, I say original PSPs. They did like four different hardware revisions of that of a of the PSP with a disc drive. So you've got plenty to choose from, but. Um, I think both the, the PSP and the Vita are both going to have the same sort of legacy in that they have both become quite fertile ground for homebrew and yes, emulation. Yeah, uh, like the security on them has been cracked up, down, left, right, and center. Like, because th- that's that's how you get round the Vita storage problem is you get a Vita two SD, which is an SD micro SD adapter for the Vita's game cartridge slot, mm-hmm. and if you're running a custom uh, firmware. Um, you can use that as storage. That's also how piracy happens and stuff on the Vita and things like that. Um, so that's kind of, in a way, it's it's 
even if the stores had gone down, and they think they still will, eventually, um, even if the stores had have gone down when they were scheduled to, I think the PSP and the Vita's libraries would have lived on just not legally. And that's the biggest problem. It's yeah. Like, that, that, like, like, they don't want to encourage second-hand markets, but they also don't want to put the time and effort into making that no. library available. Exactly. Like like Nintendo did with the original Wii, is that their, their yeah. that digital storefront's gone now. Mm. You can't buy stuff from it. You can't re-download stuff from it. Those Wii games, so, unless they re-release them in these very specific limited-time bundles, you can't play them ever again. Like Unless no. you find a physical copy. Unless you've well, and, and it down. For the, for the Wii storefront, it was the virtual console and the WiiWare stuff, which didn't have physical releases. Yeah. It was a download service. Um, thankfully, all that stuff has since been dumped and and archived. So you can, you know, if, if you... And the Wii is a famously easy system to crack security-wise. Mm. So it, it you can get all that stuff, just not legally. Also, a DVD um, player... It's I know, not. The, I know. I know. It's not. But it though, should have been. It should have been. I think you can. I think if you're running a custom, I've never tried it because why? Why would I? You can but play, I think you, if you're running a custom firmware on yeah. your Wii, you can play DVDs. You can play CDs on it. I think. Can you? Actually, I, I don't, don't think know. you can. I think I'm having a false memory of of the Wii at my mum's from like 15 years ago, or just putting I a think, CD in it. <gasps> oh God, my brain. I think if you're running a custom furware, you can, but I don't think as uh, uh, a non-cracked one can. But I've never tried it on mine, to be fair. So, mm. milk. Um, milk, milk. But yeah, so I, so the PSP and the Vita will always kind of have that legacy. I think the PS3 is a bit more difficult to install custom firmware on, and, and as such, despite it having much less of a storage issue. Because you can put a terabyte hard drive in it, like I have. Um, it's kind of, it, it's not as sort of feasible to have a lot of digital stuff on there. Like I, I've got, I've got too many games just from having a PlayStation Plus subscription since twenty twelve to have everything installed on my PS three, and it's got a terabyte hard drive in it. Yeah, which is the biggest one you can put in a PS three. I tried putting a two terabyte one in it. It didn't like it. It's limited to one terabyte on a PS3. <laughs> um, so it went. Oh, oh, not in there. Oh, ooh, no, ooh, no, 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 no. And you're like, sorry. Do you want me to? Do you want me to lubricate it a little more? No, 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 mm. no, no. I'm not doing this. Not doing this. You're like, okay, no. okay, fair enough. Sorry, sorry. So I think I think Sony have, have done a major disservice to. I mean, they've already done a major disservice because they've got across the entire PlayStation family, they've got one of the deepest and richest back catalogs mm. of any console family like they've got you you could argue that the nintendo has a higher ratio of quality yeah but there's much less stuff yeah, it's there because they put out fewer things yeah uh, as a whole yeah yeah and on third parties particularly overlooked the n64 because it still used cartridges they overlooked the GameCube because it used the weird tiny discs. They overlooked the Wii because it was underpowered. They overlooked the Wii U because it was weird. And, and they're still... They're, and, the, and incredibly the Switch, misunderstood, as it turns out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Switch is um, still underpowered, but it's such a convenient system. Um, and it's seeing a lot of re-releases of 
previous old, generation old, third previous generation stuff. titles like yeah. i bought burnout paradise again on the switch like <laughs> because of course i because I, mm, I, I wanted to buy the remastered version anyway because i've got it on <laughs> ps3 yeah but i was like i want to buy the up-to-date version uh because it's a nice game and i like it a lot and then the switch version was just on sale because uh, I've got, I've got a, the Switch has something that the the PlayStation Four store lacks, which is a wish list function. <laughs> yeah. So I actually got to go onto my wish list. I've got a wish list set up on the Switch, and every so often I'll go on it and be like, hmm, "What's what's discounted today?" Um, uh, which is how I ended up with Burnout Paradise Remastered. Hey. Um, and yeah, it's like, yeah, I could buy this on PS Four, and it probably look nicer, but I can play this. On a handheld, yeah. Like I picked up Skyrim again, yeah. Because yeah, I could get it on PS4, but this is a handheld. You could play it on a break at work. You can yeah. take, it to, take it to your parents. You can yeah. Like, you can it's... play it in other places. Yeah. While one of you watching just, the telly, the other yeah. one can quietly be playing it in hand. Exactly. Hands. Yeah. Which the sort of, which the Vita <clears throat> was kind of aiming for, but didn't have the sort of switchability. Huh. Um, uh-huh. that the Switch has. <laughs> yeah. And and the Wii U, again, was aiming for, but just didn't... They hadn't quite nailed the concept. Didn't quite translate it the right way. No. They had definitely had definitely had the right idea, but they the hadn't Wii, gone all the, the way Wii with U it. The Wii U was the Dreamcast of, of the modern era. In that God, the Dreamcast went, is... What is this, exactly? <laughs> it was so ahead of its time, and so backwards at the same time. Yeah, like, yeah. It was like, like it had an amazing idea from the future, but all of its parts were from the past. Like the the, the biggest <laughs> sin it committed, not having a second analog stick. Yes. Like yes. I, because I, they just hadn't realised that they needed one yet. The only experience I ever had with one was in like a in like a PC world in the late nineties. You know the, the the sort of the the demo stations. Yeah. And I was just playing it. I was like, I don't. As a, even as a kid. I was like, I got it. I had a SNES. I had a PlayStation. Like, I, you know, I, I got consoles. A Mega Drive had been at my dad's house for years. I got them, and I suddenly got my hands on that controller in store. And was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't like I, this. I, yeah. I don't know how this feels. This feels odd. To be fair, I was also like that the first time I held an Xbox controller. But well, the Xbox, con- the original Xbox controller, yeah, is a descent, direct descendant of the Dreamcasts. There you go. The the, the 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 Xbox itself, in a lot of ways, is a descendant of the dream of the Dreamcast. Mm. It's like it, it it if you even down to the fact that the Dream the original Xbox controller only has two shoulder buttons. It only has the two shoulder yeah. triggers. Instead of having the two bumpers like the R the L one and R one, it's got the black and white buttons on the face. Yeah, and you can slot memory cards into the top of it, <laughs> like you could with the Dreamcast. <laughs> It's very weird. Very, very yeah, weird. Yeah, because with the Dreamcast, couldn't you sometimes like put Game Boy games into it? No, so the Dreamcast had a thing called the VMU, or the Visual Memory Unit, where the memory card was a tiny little like black and white LCD two-button console on its own. Yeah. And then when you slotted it into the controller, there was a little port where you could see the screen of the vmu through in, in the while yeah. it was in the controller and it would sometimes display like information and stuff but then yeah so some games had functions built in where you could put stuff over to the um to the vmu and then pull it out and then do some stuff on the go and then put it back in like little bonus games and it wasn't just um sega that did that in in japan sony had the pocket station which yes, was a memory yeah. card which did that 
Yeah, I remember seeing I remember um, seeing images of that in like a really old. Mm. Um, I think it was Nintendo magazine because they were doing like a comparison on sort of the handholds, the handheld tech that was out there at the time. This isn't like two thousand and one. Yeah, and it was. I remember seeing that and being like, "Wait, there's a tiny PlayStation, sort of." Yeah, and what that, that there was support for that in Final Fantasy VIII. Like, there was some stuff that you could only get with, with in Final Fantasy VIII with a pocket station, which of course the, never came out outside of Japan. One of the big selling points of the Dreamcast over here, in terms of like the games they kept pairing it with in the print media, alongside mm. like Tomb Raider and and a couple of others, was um, Pokemon Red and Blue. And even as a kid, I remember thinking, nope, like. Hmm. No, I I can play that on my Game Boy. Like, why would I need a big box plugged into my telly to play Pokemon Red and Blue? I don't get it. But it must have been like a what do you call it? The 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 VMU or something. It must have been like a oh, no oh, no. There was the never any Pokemon stuff going on with with the Dreamcast. That's so weird because I remember it being. I remember it so clearly. The they ads came out around having the same Charizard time. and and, Bul- and and Blastoise like on the ad for the Dreamcast like the no. print ads. They maybe, came out maybe around the same a, time. Maybe so I think a, you're just conflating print ads. Or maybe it was a, this is this is going to be a thing. And it just never happened. I don't know. No, no, because Nintendo would never shop it out. Are all of my video game memories Streisand effect? Yeah. <laughs> I think they might be. I don't know where you're getting that from. That's a weird one. Then again, well, then again, seen it could some have, Pokemon it could Stadium have, Two ads or something. Maybe I mean it could have been a melding of things because I I read a lot of Nintendo magazine in the early 2000s despite only owning a Game Boy. For, yeah. In terms of Nintendo at that point, like, and I think it's just because I liked the magazines. Like, I I've never in my life played Legend of Zelda game, but I read a shitload on like the Ocarina of Time and that around its release. Until and, recently, I'd never finished the Legend of Zelda. No. <laughs> Well, they take forever anyway. Take forever. Um, hey, I've finished like four of them now. I'm feeling I mean, strong. Technically, you can finish um, Breath of the Wild like within an hour if somehow you manage to fight Ganon with no power ups or like extra I mean, weapons. Yeah, or anything. you can, but why would you? <laughs> Say, um, the erotic thrill <laughs> um, of throwing a small elven boy at a giant burning volcano god creature. Hey, you just got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? uh, um, right. Let's talk about PlayStation exclusives and mm. highlights of the PlayStation library, particularly for the three PSP and Vita. Three um, is my favorite PlayStation overall in terms of its library and just what it did for me. Because I know yeah, the, it came the, out the, the PS2 is probably the richest, like, kind of library available for the games and, and so much of its library remains unavailable yeah but the unless P- you've still got a ps2 hooked up somewhere but the ps3 was when i really really began to appreciate what the technology could do because mm. it, it was the first playstation that was like oh no this is also a home entertainment system like it is this will be a games console first and all this other shit as well which is something that sony have really gone hard on that nintendo didn't yeah, so oh, when, and so the Xbox Microsoft kind of the railed game. against for a while, almost they were like, they were like, yeah, well, we're about the games, and then people start going, can it play Blu-rays? I, all right, well, no, it can play HD DVDs, but it's a separate. You, buy you have a second, to buy a separate yeah. thing. But don't worry, HD DVDs are going to be around for a long time. What? I ended up picking one of those add-on drives up for like a tenner when I was working at Blockbuster, just for shits and giggles. Did you get any HD DVDs? Nope. 
So you just got the drive somewhere? I just got the drive and was like, got this now. My Xbox 360 is complete. Because it was like, because I never had a, like the add-ons for the Mega Drive or anything. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like I just wanted to build a tower of console stuff. Like, I'd love to get a Mega Drive and a Mega CD and a Sega 32X and just yeah. stack them all up in a big tower of power. A tower of power? Just strapping power gloves to the front of everything. Just like, maybe, doesn't maybe go get, with that. It does now. Just gaffer taping them onto your PlayStation Maybe get one. really funky and get a, a power base converter and stick that in as well. Um, oh, pry pry but, and open the disk drive and try to shove a load of um, Spectrum cassettes into it. Just like, yeah. They all must work together. Yeah, they'll all work. It's fine. Um, solder and iron out. <laughs> melting this. But pile. yeah, P- PS3 kind of had that um, <laughs> integrated. It was a rough start because, mm, oh yeah. um, you know, it launched more expensive than the 360. It launched a year after the 360. Yeah. There was no rumble in the controllers originally. There was no in-game XMB originally. Like it was, but there it, was six axes. Yeah, and a lot of those early games, like early exclusives, just weren't up to snuff. No, but then the, you got the very first games I got. I got it in a bundle in late twenty uh, twenty, late two thousand seven, and I got it um, with Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga. So even then, it was a new game, but it was two PlayStation Two titles mashed together with a new kind of like hub world. Yeah, and basically Ratchet and Clank: Tools of Destruction, which was pretty damn fun. But that I think that was like it wasn't a launch title, but it was close to launch. It was it first was, year, yeah. And it was, but it was easily one of the best of that first year. Yeah, worth of games. There wasn't much after um, that. Like there really wasn't much for a while. It took till sort of two thousand late two thousand eight for the console to really sort of go. Oh shit! This is what it's capable. GTA Four. Okay. Like, this is one of the first kind of big open world things. I bought one of the first titles, one of the launch titles later, only to realize that it was it just existed to show off visual splendor and nothing more. And that was Heavenly Sword. Hey, Heavenly Sword. Which it, it was fair, fine. Team it was Ninja would, fine. <laughs> Team Ninja would go on to do much better games. Mm. But and Heavenly Sword was sort of like their blueprint for what they would then later go on to do with character action games. Yeah. But this, this, was them, this was them going, here's what this console can look like. And yeah. believe it or not, all these characters are motion captured performances. And uh, we've worked with Andy Serkis and, 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 and Weta to figure out how to do it. And it's like, cool. I love a hack and slash game. I absolutely adore them. I, I like turning my brain off and just smashing shit to pieces while I'm listening to a podcast. Um, mm. but that one is just kind of like, it's, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Um, but they did find their stride, like, the, the first party exclusives and exclusives in general did find their stride eventually because we got Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns yeah. of the Patriots, which is still a classic. Yeah, it's Even not- if it does have a 90 minute long cutscene in the middle of the fucking game. I was going to say, it's 10% um, an incredible game, 90% an unskippable cutscene. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, that's perfectly skippable. There's just a lot of them. Um, uh, you the Mass got... Effect trilogy. I mean, I know it wasn't for platform exclusive, but it was. It wasn't a platform exclusive. It was and... certainly like the first sort of showcase of this is what this system can really. Do. Well, no, because I think a lot of the, they all ran better on 360. Okay, so it was a blemish. 
<laughs> having having played having played all three on both platforms, they ran better on three sixty. What I'm did sorry the PlayStation Three give us? Um, what did it give? God of War Three. God of War Three, which I haven't played, uh, but people like. But the thing with the PlayStation Three is, is that it was more difficult to program for than the three sixty was, because yeah, it was sort yeah. of the last gasp of hardware companies using like weird proprietary tech rather than like more off the shelf uh PC parts, which is what they did with the PS4 and Xbox One. Mm. Uh, and they've continued to do with the PS5 and uh Xbox Series X with the addition of these sort of like cutting edge solid state drives. Um so the cell architecture for the PS3 was theoretically way more powerful than the 360, but it was a bitch to program for. Mm. So you had multi-platform games that did not run as well on a PS3 as did on the 360. Bethesda games particularly really suffered on the PS3. Uh, But when you knew what you were doing with it, you got stuff like the Uncharted trilogy. You got stuff like The Last of Us. Like Naughty Dog really, really did some amazing work on the PS3. Um, Again, like Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, was amazing. On, on PS3. Still is. Um, so the PS3 is kind of like, it was, you've got a couple of those exclusives which really, really um, blew people away with. Uh, the PS3 version of Final Fantasy thirteen is is far superior to the Xbox 360 one, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the PS3 took off in Japan in a way that the 360 never did, just because Sony's a much more recognisable... Uh, player over there and yeah. Microsoft have always had trouble sort of trying to break into the Japanese console market uh, because a lot of the Japanese console market is also handheld yeah which they didn't so, have and still don't yeah, whereas so the PlayStation has complementary handheld devices yeah. that sort of extended everything well yeah the PSP and PSV are both sort of PSP came out uh, late PS2 early PS3 and then the PSV came out mid PS3 and uh, sort of early PS4 um, so they sort of straddled the two. And the PSP was very popular in Japan for things like visual novels and uh, like local co-op games, like the Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter series mm. sort of started and blossomed on, on the PSP. Um, so they kind of had that. It's why the, that console was so popular in Japan, but not necessarily in outside of it was because they were trying to do full console style experiences on portables which just didn't work in the same way um because if you look at the exclusive psp stuff you've got things like the things that i always come to as as like my favorites on the on the on the system are the two god of war games which again are just cut down versions of full console games i mean they're original to that system yeah chains of olympus and uh, ghost of sparta ghost of sparta i always forget the name um uh, but the, you know they're they're clearly it's impressive what they did on the hardware, but it's clearly like this is it's not necessarily uniquely suited to a portable system. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it is a portable system. Uh, so thing and then but then you got things like Crisis Core, which is in very like bite sized chunks, mm-hmm. so it's easier to to go into and uh, something like Luminez, which is a puzzle game, so you can just. Pick it up and put it down as and as and when. 
Uh, JRPGs, Japanese-style RPGs, really flourished on the PSP and the Vita. The oh, Vita yeah. particularly, because you had a lot of stuff being imported and localised that wouldn't have been otherwise. Uh, things like the Atelier series uh, and the Hyperdimension Neptunia series and things like that. Like the really weird, obscure Japanese stuff that, that even I haven't touched. Uh, Persona 4 Golden is... Oh, again, thank you, you, you and old Charles, the... for that one. That that oh. that made my trip to India for Just... me, like, three years ago. Everyone's it like, is... how was it? And I'm like, it was great. I played Persona 4 every day for about three hours during every trip. It's like, no, India. I'm like, on a fuck India. Yeah, like, no, fuck it. No. I, I'm in the velvet room trying to, like, plus my arcana. Like, I, want I... To, <laughs> I want to finish the beef bowl challenge. Um, Hell yes, the beef bowl challenge. Uh, I so will visit just... that dog at the shrine every day, and I will see if the fox has popped by with a message. And it's little, it's little mouth, little folded paper. I will buy all of the drinks from that vending machine until it gives me a bonus prize. But by that point, I've spent too much of my yen already. Point is, it's very good. The point is, it's um, very, very good, and it's one of the most devastating experiences I've ever played in my life. When you do end up dying on a floor and you realise you saved way too far back, yeah, and you you have to um, work another like seven hours to get back to where you were. <laughs> but th- those, it sort of. Uh, there is a very sort of Japanese infl- uh, influx of games on the PSP, and particularly the Vita, because it was a platform that gave those publishers somewhere to put that stuff. Yeah, and again, it was way more popular in Japan than it was over here. And it did it. The Vita did get dicked around by Sony mm-hmm. because, again, they were trying to to trying something with it that they weren't quite capable of doing. And it was like, it took Nintendo doing the Switch to get to what they were trying to go for. Because they did do the PlayStation TV, but it wasn't quite the same because you had to switch out the memory cards from the Vita to the TV. Yeah. Um, and it's counted as a different system, so you didn't necessarily have all the permissions. And it was just the fact that you couldn't play every game on it. Because, of course, also the, the Vita had the weird, 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 weird front and back touchscreens. Yeah, and which just... based based on the game work either incredibly well or fucking abysmally. Yeah, like yeah. and I mean, hell, based on individual games, because using the Vita for remote play, you can tell some programmers have put more care into it. Oh yeah, definitely. Because it's so the t- the back touch buttons, the the touch screen L like style L two and L R two triggers work yeah. better on some games than they do on others. Well, there there are standardized controls. There are standardized emulated controls with the touch screen for remote play on PS four. But what some developers did is they put custom uh, remote play bindings into the game settings. Right. So if you're on remote play, you just select the remote play controls and it moves the buttons around to make things a bit more comfortable for you. Okay. Um. So there was that, uh, but yeah, again, it's developers putting the effort in, and that was the, that's the problem. what really did happen on the Vita, and this is happening on the Switch as well. Um, is it was really good for indie games, like smaller indie experiences, because it was smaller digital downloads tended to be cheaper, so you had things like Undertale explode on there. You had mm. things like. Darkest Dungeon, Invisible Ink, Counter Spy, um, just these smaller indie experiences um, that really lent themselves to that sort of bite-sized handheld gameplay, and not the the necessarily the big AAA stuff that the the main consoles were doing, yeah. which they kept. And not to say that the Vita couldn't 
because again, Uncharted Golden Abyss on Vita is great. Yeah, it's it's, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a Uncharted game. It, it gets it gets stuck in the gimmicks a little bit, but it's it's yeah, yeah. But it's it's a great Uncharted game squeezed down onto a Vita. Um, the problem being is that what people really want, I think, as the Switch has shown, is a version of that game where you can play a bit of it on the bus and then come home and put it on your TV and yeah. play it with a proper controller. Yeah. Um, I think that's what people wanted, and I think that's kind of what they were trying to get at, but they just couldn't quite work it out. Because um, they had, they also had things like Gravity Rush, which was another... So like it, was, it was that kind of experience, but original to the Vita. And it didn't really... No one really gave a fuck about it until they remade it for the PS4. Mm-hmm. Because... it Because no one had a Vita. Yeah. <laughs> Tearaway. Tearaway was a great Tearaway's game. Tearaway's incredible, yeah. Um, but again, no one played it because it was on the Vita, so they had to remake it for the PS4. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... it, w- it worked better on the Vita, for my money as well. It well, yeah, because, it, on the Vita. because it, it, was, it used the front-facing camera, it used the rear-facing camera, yeah. it used the rear touchscreens, it used the touch, but it, it used the front touchscreen in really interesting ways. Um, Frobisher whereas... says. Frobisher says, which is free. Yeah. And that, like, that that will if if this store disappears, the joy of Frobisher says will completely disappear. Yeah, and because it, it can't be played of... on anything else for the PlayStation, can... no other PlayStation system can do that, and that's a crime against Kevin Eldon as well as the people who should be able to play it. God, Frobisher <sighs> says is ridiculous. It's um, fucking wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, I, I there was some good stuff that came out of. Um, the idea of the Vita, but it was just an idea that was a little... It was, at the same time, ahead of its time and underbaked. Yeah. It, it just And it just didn't it's, quite it, fit. It, but there's it, it, a, such a great library on there. It's the Xperia Play thing as well, like that yeah. whole thing back in the day, the PlayStation phone, like Sony making a phone that would tie with PlayStation, have the PlayStation mobile store and and how that would work and whatnot. But then they all never, that they stuff never made also any... played on Vita. Yeah, they never made anything for it. Like, they never made anything that was worth it. It was just a bunch of like shit PS One ports that didn't quite work yeah. for for the Xperia, um, and that was part of its downfall. But they were well ahead of their time in that they were going. We think that phone gaming, mobile gaming, can be as advanced as certain consoles. It, but it wasn't about putting a controller in the back of a phone. And trying to sell people on it as a games mm-hmm. console first and a phone second. It was, you know, now we have examples of it. A lot of the games I play on my mobile are so, like, so more advanced than a lot of PS1, PS2 titles. And they obviously saw, they had the vision. Same with, like, same with the Vita and the PSP. They had the vision, but it was too soon and it was ill defined for a lot of people. And as a result, the hard work of programmers. And, you know, like, writers, designers, is all going to kind of get lost yeah. over time. Unless they finally, in some way, make it available elsewhere. Like, just in some and, way. Well, like say, I, I, like Charlie said in his email, I think this is only a temporary solution. Yeah. As are all things, but the stores are staying open. I wouldn't be surprised now. if they do close in the next few years quietly like with no fanfare. if they're still open in five years i'll be surprised yeah but the fact that they're not closing this year is at least a step forward for game preservation um and gives 
if nothing else, it give it gives people working on archiving this stuff time to dump everything. Um, yeah, and which, I, if, I, if, if it I hasn't, keep, let's face it, it's probably all already been dumped. Yeah. But just in case, I keep saying they should just make. I know they wouldn't because it's a cost thing, but they should just make two pieces of hardware: a handheld one and a console one, and just call it like the PlayStation Retro, the PSP Retro, and just make all these titles for the older consoles available. Well, that's the problem with Sony, though, is that they don't seem to have any interest in making their back catalogue available. Yeah. Well, as one of the one of the heads of it, didn't they? Like the, Jim Ryan. He's the Jim CEO of, of Sony PlayStation Division. Before he walked it back, he said, I just don't understand why people would want to go back and play these older games. Look at this cool new stuff we're making. It's like... They, they, it was, because, he was talking about people, it after he People been bought to the... them, mate. Like, people have bought these games and they want to play them. That's well, I think he, he was he was asked about backwards compatibility and he talked about being oh, at a yeah. Gran Turismo event. Yeah, and it was like just looking at the just looking at the stuff we did for this this PS One and PS Two stuff, and it just looks like garbage. And I don't get why people want to go back and play that. It's like because because they bought it, mate. Because they bought it and they enjoy it. Plus, like, I did my stream on Friday and played a bunch of NES and SNES games, like did, Turbo yeah. Graphics games. Yeah, like and they still hold up. Like they might not look as shiny, but the the core gameplay is there, and that's what made them popular in the first place. And do that's you, do you think he doesn't play chess because the graphics are shit? I don't think he plays games. He doesn't play Cluedo because it's not in 4K. I don't think he enjoys games. Again, a lot of the people in positions of power and influence in these companies failed upwards. Ain't that the truth? Speaking of failing upwards, um, we'll be back here next week. Beautiful. Um, in the meantime, in the meantime if you time, have something you think could strike up conversation like a spark in a furnace then let us know bigdamncontact.gmail.com we'll be happy to hear from you also you can tweet us at bigdamncast but that's not all you can throw us a shekel at patreon.com slash bigdamncast or what can they do every Friday evening Mayhube twitch.tv forward slash bigdamnstream watch me play some shit online in it sometimes it's violent sometimes Matt's violent and the game's wholesome which one's it going to be? Wait and see. Put on Super Star Wars and let's find out. Oh, um, my God. I had, <laughs> I had, I nearly had a stroke watching you play that. It was not nice. It was not it nice. It wasn't at nice. All. Oh, God. Just for that, I expect compensation. So, how are you going to repay me? I'll see what I can do when the lockdown lifts. Bye. I better get my 11th finger polished.